There's no handbook for your child's health, but we do have a podcast featuring world-class clinical and research physicians covering everything from your child's allergies to zinc levels. Welcome to Kids HealthCast by Wild Cornell Medicine. I'm Melanie Cole, and today we're talking about childhood cancer with my guest, Dr. Alexander Chow. He's an assistant professor of pediatrics at Wild Cornell Medicine and an attending physician at New York Presbyterian Wild Cornell Medical Center. Dr. Chow, it's a pleasure to have you with us. You know, this is a topic that is usually talked about whispered. It is one of the scariest things any parent can ever hear. Tell us a little bit about how common this is and what are the most common cancers that you would see in a child? Thanks for having me on the podcast. It's nice to talk with you. So childhood cancer is actually not that common. It's actually a rare phenomenon. There are about 15,000 new cases each year of kids' cancer of any kind. If you consider you know, something like breast cancer, which has over 250,000 cases each year, childhood cancer is actually a rare type of disease. But with that said, I still think that's too many. The most common kinds of cancers that we see in kids are things like leukemias or cancers of the blood, lymphomas, cancers in lymph nodes, and things like brain tumors. Those are the most common types of cancers that we see in children. Is there any way, I mean, we have, certainly there's inherited trait. We know about BRCA gene for women and ovarian and breast cancer. And so we have risk factors, Dr. Chow, things we know that can contribute to these cancers. But in kids, is this more of a, like a random thing or is there an inherited trait? That's a really good question. For the most part, we don't know why these cancers happen. Research over the last few years actually have shown that there's a very small percentage of patients where it can be inherited. And some of these syndromes or conditions we know about that predispose you to developing cancer. So families or patients who have things like Leifromanian syndrome or Beckwith-Wiedermann syndrome. Those are syndromes that we know about that have a higher risk of developing certain types of cancers. Usually, it's sporadic or we don't really know what causes childhood cancers. Well, I mean, I think that for parents, we just want to know everything, right? We want to know anything that could come at our kids because that's just all we care about is keeping them safe. If a child is diagnosed with cancer, do you usually recommend that the parents have any other children tested? Is there anything in genetics that you recommend parents to, you know, you say, okay, well, you have a couple other kids and let's check them as well? Not usually, but it really depends on the type of cancer that we see as well as the patient's own family history. So if there's a strong family history of other people in the family, first, second degree relatives that have developed cancers at a young age, then those types of families, we would say, listen, it may be a good idea for you to have your family tested because there are certain types of genes that can be passed down. And then those certain genes then predispose you to developing cancers. What's exciting in this world, in, the, in your field right now, doctor, when you have to tell parents this horrible news, what can you give them hope about as far as the treatment options that are out there and what you are able to do for them at Wild Cornell Medicine? I think that it definitely is scary when I have to tell a patient, their family, that their child has cancer. I think, though, uh, right now there's a ton of hope. 
you know, we've made advances not just in the last, you know, we look back 50 years, certainly we've made advances, but even in the last five years, we've made advances in the way we understand these types of cancers. We now are able to tell certain genes in these tumors or these different kinds of cancers. And we now have medications that will target specifically this type of cancer and its genes. And so that the kinds of side effects that we commonly associate treatments of cancer with, like nausea, vomiting, hair loss, some of those things can be lessened because we have a very specific type of treatment for a specific type of cancer. So at Walcornell Medicine, we're able to look deeply into a patient's cancer's genes and look at what is specific about this particular tumor. And sometimes we're able to use medications that target specifically only the cancer cells and not the healthy normal cells of the child. Wow, that's pretty cool. Really, what the technology today and these advancements in these types of cancer, it's amazing what you can do. Now, off from the treatments for just a minute, Dr. Chow, when adults go through cancer, obviously we're looking for our support systems. Maybe someone goes to chemo with us. We've got all of these things that we do as adults, but with kids... Boy, there's a lot. There's social life. There's school. How do you help families with all of that? Because it's such a scary time for the parents, and they're trying to be supportive for their children, but sometimes the whole family needs a little help. That's a really important point. I think that's, you know, whenever we take care of a patient, a child with cancer, we take care of not only them, but their whole entire family. And I think that whenever a child is diagnosed with cancer, they need their whole team with them. And that team includes not only just the, the doctors and the nurses and the nurse practitioners or the physician assistants or, you know, yes, they're all involved, but I think more importantly, they need their family and their friends. And I try to make sure that they are as engaged as possible. So what does that mean? That, that means I don't believe in isolating kids when they're diagnosed or getting treatment. I think that as many friends and family people in their faith communities, people just in their communities that could help them, they need to enlist them and not be shy about that because they're going to need help. Yes, we provide, we have wonderful social workers and psychologists and all these other people that will come around them. But I think at the end of the day, we need even more people that engage in their communities to give them the help that they need because I, I don't think isolating these kids or putting them in a bubble is a good idea. So what that also means, there are time periods when I think it's appropriate for kids to go back to school or certainly have their friends visit. You know, everyone needs to be very careful, especially in the era of COVID in terms of symptoms and things. But I think that there are ways that we can make it safe for kids not to be isolated. What a great point that they can expand by their faith-based organizations, their community, even the school can get involved. Can you expand a little bit, Dr. Chow, on the multidisciplinary care? You just touched on it a little, about some of the people that work with you for this very important time and and really scary, crucial time for parents and for the children with cancer, about all the different people that are involved and help them go through this at Wild Cornell Medicine. There's just so many. The obvious ones are people like the doctors and the nurses, the nurse practitioners, the physician assistants. But just as important are the social workers, the psychologists, the physical therapists, occupational therapists, the other pediatric subspecialists that we have at Wild Cornell Medicine, infectious disease people or the GI people or the cardiology people. They all are part of the whole network of people that will come around 
a child and their family when they're treated here at Wild Cornell Medicine. So it's a real multidisciplinary approach and such a caring, compassionate, supported care that you're doing there at Wild Cornell Medicine. And before we wrap up, what would you like parents to know? What do you think the most important message about childhood cancer is for these families? Give them some hope and encouragement about the expertise and that compassionate care they're getting from your team. I want them to understand that cancer is not only treatable, but curable in a large number of patients. And survival is long-term survival. So talking about kids who are diagnosed young, but you know, going off to college and getting married. Survival is higher than ever. And so there's a lot of hope with today's medicine. And so I want them to know that even though it's scary, there's a whole team that will walk this whole journey with them with the goal of curing their child with cancer so that they do go to high school, college, get married, all of those things. And here at Wild Cornell Medicine, I really want patients and their parents to know that we have the latest technologies and a dedicated team of experts who can help patients and their families going through this journey of cancer with compassion and holistic care. And thank you so much, Dr. Chow, for joining us today. It really is so important that support, community, multidisciplinary approach for these families can be such a scary time. Thank you so much for joining us today. And Wild Cornell Medicine continues to see our patients in person as well as through video visits. And you can be confident of the safety of your appointments at Wild Cornell Medicine. That concludes today's episode of Kids HealthCast. We'd like to invite our audience to download, subscribe, rate, and review Kids HealthCast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcast. For more health tips, go to wildcornell.org and search podcasts. And don't forget to check out our Back to Health. I'm Melanie Cole. Rehabilitation medicine can help patients with a wide array of disorders and diseases, including cancer. If cancer care is of interest, listen to CancerCast, while Cornell Medicine's dedicated oncology podcast featuring leaders in the field and patient stories. CancerCast highlights dynamic discussions about the exciting developments in oncology. All information contained in this podcast is intended for informational and educational purposes. The information is not intended nor suited to be a replacement or substitute for professional medical treatment or for professional medical advice relative to a specific medical question or condition. We urge you to always seek the advice of your physician or medical professional with respect to your medical condition or questions. While Cornell Medicine makes no warranty, guarantee, or representation as to the accuracy or sufficiency of the information featured in this podcast, and any reliance on such information is done at your own risk. Participants may have consulting, equity, board membership, or other relationships with pharmaceutical, biotech, or device companies unrelated to their role in this podcast. No payments have been made by any company to endorse any treatments, devices, or procedures. And while Cornell Medicine does not endorse, approve, or recommend any product, service, or entity mentioned in this podcast, opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the speaker and do not represent the perspectives of Wild Cornell Medicine as an institution.